summer's ends around the bend just flying. The swimming suits are on the line just drying. I'll meet you there for our conversation. I hope I didn't ruin your whole vacation. Well, you never know how far from home you're feeling until you've watched the shadows cross the ceiling. Well, I don't know, but I can see it snowing in your car. The windows are. Wide open, just come on home. Come on home. No, you don't have to be alone. Just come on home. Guess who's back? <laughs> Guess who's back? Yes, the. Spring. Can you believe it? It's it's almost unthinkable. I think what most folks presumed is that uh, we either got divorced one of us died one of us died or that uh, we just decided that this format of communication was uh, was useless. On the contrary, we're going bigger, bolder and better. And and it's going to be more entertaining, more enlightening, more revealing. You will find out things about Bill Mesnick and Rich Buckland that you never wanted to know. You never dared to ask. But we're going we're gonna to give it to you anyway. And not about just us, of course, but about some of your favorite artists who have lingered in your consciousness or subconsciousness for decades. And we're going to we're gonna take that cream, bring it back to the surface. And today, Rich, who is it going to be today? You know what? I think I, I think we're overdue to talk about the legend himself, a man to shortly receive a Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award, long overdue. Well deserved. Uh, the gentleman who wrote the anthem for uh, the Vietnam War as being something that we need to take uh, more than dreadfully seriously. Gentleman's name is Mr. John Prine. John Prine, and that anthem was Sam Stone, I believe. Sam Stone. Sam Stone. And uh, the tale of a uh, of a, a Vietnam vet coming home as a heroin addict, and uh, there's a hole in Daddy's arm where all the money goes. Jesus Christ died for nothing, I suppose. I suppose. Sam Stone came home to his wife and family after serving in the conflict overseas. The time that he served It shattered all his nerves And left a little shrapnel in his knee So tell me what your first recollections are about Now we are guys growing up in this in this culture of singer-songwriter And we're attempting to attain a place for ourselves and uh, many voices strike us and falling down upon us like an avalanche. And here comes John Pratt. Very important in my life. You know, during that, during that time, I guess Springsteen and John Prine 
coming out probably in a little earlier than Springsteen. But um, those two at that time spoke to me in a way that nobody else did. And uh, as you know, I got to meet him and play for him when uh, his first album had come out. I was in Iowa and he came through. He was playing free uh, concert at the lounge in Grinnell. We went with some of us made a pilgrimage and and we were sitting on the floor. He was sitting on a, you know, a couch and playing for us for an hour or so. And afterwards, um, some friends of mine trapped him in the bathroom and said, you got to hear this guy. And he came right up to me and said, I hear you write songs. And I was flabbergasted and uh, he listened to about three songs and and he said, listen, you see, I'm playing for free. I can't, you know, I can't do anything for you, but you should go to Chicago. And that's where it all started for him at the fifth peg in Chicago. And of course, uh, Steve Goodman being a major influence in his life. Steve Goodman, the late great. The late great Steve Goodman, someone who's, whose work is, uh, I believe, overlooked, uh, has been overlooked uh, in the same way, I believe, uh, great deal of Prime's work was overlooked until recently. But I City of New Orleans, people most people know that from Arlo Guthrie's rendition. Yes, yes. But Prime's story is his this poetry that he immersed us in. Um, songs like Souvenirs, the late John Garfield Blues. I, I wasn't hearing anyone doing this in such a direct, uh, raw fashion as John Prine was. And, you know, he's still playing Souvenirs. Um, he played it, you know, last month or two months ago, whenever it was. I saw him at the John Anson Ford here in L.A., looking strong, sounding great. And he told the story of how he wrote the song in his car on the way to the fifth peg one night because he had played there about five times and he said it's going to be the same people i got to write a new song and he wrote the song on the way to the uh to the bar and uh and he played it that night and he's still playing it 50 years later The snow is turned to water Christmas days have come and gone Broken toys and faded colors Are all that's left to linger on I hate graveyards and old pawn shops for they always bring me tears I can't forgive the way they robbed me Of my childhood souvenirs Memories, they can't be bought They 
can't be one at carnivals for free. Well, it took me years to get those souvenirs, and I don't know how they slipped away from me. Well, he's conscious of keeping everything as uh, as updated as, as as possible, even though he hadn't had an album in a decade. And then Tree of Forgiveness drops, and he's suddenly not only remembered but being presented new accolades. Uh, yeah, talk about talk a little bit about if you can briefly about you know what that means. He gets the uh, the this award from the Grammys for a lifetime achievement songwriting and of course he he was gone for quite a while because of his illnesses but other people were during that time recording his songs and he becomes this national treasure um and thank god he's still alive to receive this award yeah i mean battling the cancer that he'd been battling which had transformed him physically it's remarkable in itself that he is still capable of being able to pick up that guitar, place it upon his belly, and be able to relate emotionally as he did when he was 21 years of age. That has not changed at all, has it? Given your witnessing, you can testify having witnessed this. That hasn't changed, has it, from the time... It's it's amazing. Uh, he, He communicates so brilliantly he's so warm he has so much empathy i think that's what makes him an american treasure is that he he is a poet unlike any other but he's he's also common man and he's he has such empathy and warmth when he was he tells the story when he after he had his lung cancer and he had to rebuild his uh, his stamina a therapist made him run up and down his stairs and then while he was out of breath, grab a guitar and sing some songs, you know, and he worked like a, a bastard trying to get back. And he did at the end of the show at the John Anson Ford, he was singing that song. Um, what is that song? Um, forget the name of it. Besides still waters or something. Um, do you know the one that yeah, I'm talking I, about? I do know the one you're talking about. The name eludes me, but I know the song you're referring to. Well, anyway, it's got this sort of anthemic chorus. And uh, Lake Louise, I think it's called Lake Louise. Mm-hmm. And he ends the song. He used it as his finale. He put his guitar on the ground and he danced around the guitar while the band was playing. And by the way, this is his first full band in decades. Yes. And he uh and John Anson Ford has these steep stairs that uh are on either side of the stage. He danced around the guitar and like James Brown doing his exit, he kind of danced up the stairs and off stage as the crowd went nuts. Of course he had to come back for an encore after that, which was paradise. But which I guess is his you know signature song at this point but um it was amazing amazing to see a man who survived two cancers um dancing off stage like that well his enthusiasm for life has always been 
been present. His empathy, as 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 you state, is always what has gotten him through. He doesn't think about himself as much as he thinks about uh, the problems of others. And so, therefore, on Tree of Forgiveness, he he resumes the Sam Stone theme with the brilliant song Summer's End. Love that song. It's very, very moving. It is so mournful. It is so dedicated to the proposition that no one needs to leave this world in that form of uh, of medicated state, that it makes you... Uh, doesn't just it doesn't just solicit this some dreary tone of grief there's there's a sense of hope in there as well but that's what prine has always done you know in tree of forgiveness also i noticed that the songs are um in some lyrically they're simpler and he he doesn't um go for those uh amazing and outrageous um, metaphors as much as he used to. It's it's much more close to the grain. Well, I always found him close to the grain, and I think that, it, it, I don't think I've heard a greater song about lost love than Far From Me. Right. Simply because of the, I don't know if you're addressing the poetic nature of, of, of his early intentions, but... Yeah, it's that's that's what I am. It's funny how an old broken bottle looks just like a diamond ring, but it's far, far from me. And I remember hearing that for the first time, and I'm thinking to myself, that's that's exactly it. He captured precisely the depths of sorrow when you lose something, uh, a human relationship so so close and dear to you. As the cafe was closing On a warm summer night And Kathy was cleaning the spoons The radio played The hit parade And I hummed along with the tune She asked me to change the station Said the song just drove her insane But it weren't just the music playing It was me she was trying to blame And the sky is black and still now Up on the hill when the angels sing Ain't it funny how an old broken bottle Looks just like a diamond ring But it's far, far from me And when he, when he, when he's capable of delivering with Iris Dement a song such as In Spite of Ourselves which is humorous uh, and presents this immense irony as to the nature of relationships and why people stay together. You really look at the heart and the depth of that song. You know, the big door prize 
each of us wonders how we were able, were either able to get so lucky, so unlucky, or what it all represents. And he puts it all in this package as far as relationships are concerned and as far as social, uh, he has this social stamina. He still cares uh, in a way that very, very few artists are able to articulate. Yeah, and that song, um, which came off of this album that just celebrated its 20th anniversary, released in 1999, In Spite of Ourselves, where uh, it was all duets with um, female country yeah, vocalists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's had a... Uh, He's 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 been ahead of the curve in that direction as well. In an age where you have many albums that are designed to keep your career alive and they're duets and you have them with Ray Charles or Willie Nelson or uh, Linda Ronstadt. He was he made he made a point of making sure these female vocalists were recognized. Yeah. And uh People, I just saw on Instagram they were um, talking about the, you know, the uh, the fact that it's the anniversary, and I think a great tribute to his uh, late success must be attributed to his wife Fiona because Absolutely. she seems to be really um, shepherding this. And I don't believe he would be able to maneuver, navigate any of this distance. Uh, between the illness and his career without her assistance, uh, without her, it's a dramatic kind of support. You hear about this kind of support in relationships, but rarely do you see it uh, so vividly. And yeah, it was she who basically told him to write uh, the new album, and uh, he had to, you know, basically be locked up in a hotel room in order to do that. And it's funny because, uh, you know, it, <laughs> there's this, there's something that women have a tendency to be able to do for, <laughs> yeah. for men that men just cannot do for themselves. Uh, in a recent debate, Democratic candidate Andrew Yang said, uh, if we didn't have women, men would all walk around just like morons. <laughs> and there are a great many men who would probably take exception to that, but I think if we're very honest with ourselves, it's the reason that you look for the mate. And regardless of what your sexual orientation may be, you're looking for someone to assist in the navigation of this life and be able to assist in harnessing the best of you and the greatest of your talents. And Fiona Prine has done this for John, and I think without her we wouldn't have this recent uh, significant revival. Yeah, and uh, I think that, uh, thank you. Thank you, Fiona, for that. And thank you, John Prime. I don't want your big French fry. I don't want your car. I don't want to buy no soap for no watched of a movie star. You are so much louder then the show I'm on here With your sugarless dumb G-bottom dumb Non-alcoholic beer It's enough to make a grown man Blow up his own TV Quit a hollering at me Quit a hollering at me 